The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Welcome to the Master's Class. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast, the Masters Class. Dave LaGreca here with WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry, WWE Hall of Famer and TNA Hall of Famer Bully Ray, and of course, uh, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the house of hardcore and the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Tommy Dreamer. How are you, gentlemen? Cricket. Everyone sounds good. good. <laughs> Everyone's great. We're ready Cricket. to go to work. Ask the question. Let us talk. Who cares how we feel? We're a bunch of grizzled wrestlers. Feel it. What are, what are these feelings? Exactly. You're finally starting to learn, Mark. I'm dead inside. Well, I mean, something that's not dead inside is the feeling of nostalgia when it comes to pro wrestling. Myself and Bully Ray, Mark Henry as well, are going to be at the Icons of Wrestling this Saturday at the old ECW Arena from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Also, Bully and I are going to be at Battleground Championship Wrestling that evening. We're going to be talking to Precious Paul Ellering. And for me, I'm I'm actually nervous when it comes to what's going to be taking place on Saturday because that's the ECW Arena, man. There's a lot of history. You know, I've been to that arena many, many times over the decades. So I think this would be a fun master's class with the Busted Open Nation talking about the most hallowed halls of wrestling. And, you know, you gentlemen, like when you wrestled there, where did you feel kind of history? And when now looking back on it, where do you think are the most historic venues of all time? So, Mark, let's start with you, because I know you've wrestled at the Rosemont Horizon. You've wrestled at Madison Square Garden. So tell me about those hallowed halls when it comes to wrestling. Well, the, the hallowed halls, Dave, is it kind of depends on, on where you grew up, I think. Um, Madison Square Garden is Madison Square Garden. Any way you put it. You know, it's it's a place where you you want to be able to shine the brightest in that because of the market is is international. Um, Rosemont is a special place for me. You know, I had like some of my uh, my greatest matches there with my greatest opponents. You know, wrestling the Undertaker and CM Punk, like those and Randy Orton, like those that arena holds a special place for me. But when you when I say regionally, as a kid, once 
I got I grew out of going to the little small shows and I started going to the big shows. There used to be a place called Reunion Arena in Houston. Now it's Joe Osteen's church. Uh or it's the summit. It used to be called the summit. And the summit was so I mean, it was blood and guts crowds. Like ECW arena, like hardcore. Um and well, nothing was really hardcore like ECW arena, but it was as close as anybody anywhere I've ever been. Um, there's about five arenas in the country, but I said on a podcast a few months ago that if I had my druthers, it would be Chicago. I would have to go to Allstate. Um, that. That arena sounds like the, the, the sound echoes off the wood because it's a wooden dome and the sound won't leave. So when it's loud in there, brother, it's deafening loud. And the garden is, you know, is, is open up enough that it gets super loud, but it's also engineered for acoustics for concerts. So you get great balance. You you didn't get balance in Allstate. That place is like a jet and is like landing on an airfield. Bully, you know, being from New York, Madison Square Garden, uh, and when you look at even New York now, you know, with the Hammerstein, the Manhattan Ballroom, there's a lot of history there. Not only when it comes to the WWE, ECW as well. Like you and and we'll, and we're going to talk to Tommy about it. You, Tommy, Mick Foley. Uh, Nunzio all traveled to Madison Square Garden to see that epic matchup between Jimmy Snuka and Don Morocco in the cage in 1983. So does Madison Square Garden have that mystique for you? And did you feel that when you first wrestled at MSG? The Garden had the mystique for me when I went as a child and saw Snuka jump off the top of the cage onto Morocco. Uh, The Garden had that mystique for me the first time I performed in it. I've had my moments in the Garden, whether it was um, uh, what me and Devon were able to do with the RTC on SmackDown one night in Madison Square Garden, or the night that me and Devon got back together at the Survivor Series. I've had those moments, but the Garden to me is not that big of a deal anymore it's a cool place to perform because it's madison square garden and yeah i get it and the payday is through the roof but like mark said the layout of the garden is interesting and i've talked about like the response you get in a stadium where the sound goes up the garden is slanted back so the sound at times is a little different there so when we're talking about, you know, the arenas or the, you know, the venues that we love to perform at, like if I had a choice between the Hammerstein um, and Madison Square Garden, I'm picking the Hammerstein because it's a more of an intimate uh, setting, 4,000 people, and obviously go back to one night stand, Sandman's entrance, yada, yada. We all know what that is. We've talked about it to death. But as far as my favorite venue of all time, if you said you're going you're gonna to have one last match in one last venue, where is it going to be? It's going to be at the Elks Lodge in Queens, New York. Because there was that building is special to me for many reasons. 
it was, uh, you know, the ECW arena will always be the ECW arena. The Elks Lodge was the madhouse of extreme. I'm not touting anything right now, but I found the Elks Lodge. I'm the first guy to ever bring wrestling to the Elks Lodge. I, Patty Pendergrass was the Irishman who was in charge of the Elks Lodge. And I remember going in there in a suit and tie in my Halliburton briefcase and introducing myself and say, hello, sir, I represent Extreme Championship Wrestling, and we would like to use your venue and yada, 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 yada. And I gave him the whole spiel, and he goes, the rent's 1200 And that that was it. And, you know, the the Elks Lodge was like on the sixth floor of this giant, you know, building. And in order to bring the ring in, the ring crew had to had to actually walk the ring up through the fire escape and put the ring, put the, 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 the bars in and through a window, through an open window. Imagine doing that in the winter. So the effort that went into doing, you know, getting a show to go on at the Elks Lodge and then the show is itself and the Elks Lodge felt like a thunderdome because of the because of the balcony and maximum capacity there was 750 people and we put 1200 in and 1200 people in the Elks Lodge in the middle of July with no air conditioning and a bunch of sweaty mess wrestling fans just stinking the place up and now you bring in Balls Mahoney who never washed his gear, Dreamer never washed his knee pads or his knee wraps ever, the place was a hot sweaty mess but the energy and the vibe and the feel in that building and then performing there um, I, I loved it so much, I've been lucky enough to perform in the Tokyo Dome and the Saitama Super arena and all the places that mark talked about i mean but to me it'll always be about the intimate feel i love seeing rock and roll bands in smaller venues and i love being able to perform in a smaller venue because it allows me to lock eyes with as many wrestling fans as possible when you can look into a fan's eyes and you give them that one second where you can make them feel special you can't do that in a stadium or you know or a super arena like in saitama so for me the be all end it all when it comes to the complete package of the feel of the night and the vibe between the relationship with the wrestler and the fan ills the elks lodge in queens new york and this is why, and Tommy, before we get to you, this is why this is such an interesting topic because Mark talked about the old Rosemont Horizon and the Allstate Arena, and he talked about it because of the acoustics and the sound that's in that arena. He also talked about the opponents that he faced, you know, was important to him. Bully, your your answer is interesting because you're talking about the personal connection because you booked the arena or the venue uh, for ECW, and you talked about the personal connection with the fans. Um, and Tommy, for you, because just like Mark and just like Bully, you know, you grew up a fan. So I know you have a personal connection to certain venues as a fan, but then as a performer. So what are they for you? Uh, man, the list goes on and on. You know, when I had gotten COVID and then I was I didn't die. And then I like I said, I was going to retire. I was just going to stop wrestling um, because I did an indie show. It wasn't there anymore for me. And then, uh, as you know, I got uh, reinvigorated to the business. But when I was in that mindset, I was going to do like a rock and roll thing. I was going to go back to all Tommy Dreamer's famous uh, venues. And I started writing them down. And then I just started writing down all these places that I got to perform, as well as main event. And 
the list went like on and on. And, and I think with these venues, we appreciate them more because like Bully said, they're gone. Like the, the Madhouse of Extreme is a Korean church now. Um, the Fort Lauderdale War Memorial um, doesn't <clears throat> exist. There's so many venues that are no longer there and you don't appreciate them uh, while they're there. I, just like Bubba, didn't appreciate the ECW arena. Um, I remember all the time we would make that right on Swanson, right by Tony Luke's and Paul would tap the window and we then make the left. And I finally asked him why he's doing that. He's just like, man, do you understand like what we're doing? And he's like, it's just my good luck. And when we were doing our first ever pay-per-view, Paul's biggest thing was it has to be at this venue because these people have supported me since day one. I have to give them their biggest show, even though we could have gone to a bigger venue, even though we could have gone to a different venue and we actually paid money to spruce up the place. (laughs) And it, it was just because that was their home. I always say, like Tom Lachlan was born in Yonkers, New York, but Tommy Dreamer was born in Philadelphia. And I have told Beulah, um, when I die, I want my ashes scattered there uh, just because some of my greatest moments. But if my final match is going to happen, it's going to happen there because of the connection and the connection I made with people. But when, Dave, when I tell you the list of um, places like uh, the Olympic in California. I main evented the last real show that place ever had the Keel uh, war Memorial in Kansas city. Uh, the cow palace. I even main evented Madison square garden because me and Rob Van Dam was the last match of the night. And then they did a talking segment on raw and I broke down crying because just like Mark, just like Bubba, I never envisioned like I looked over the guard round, like I saw my dad and I was just like, I never thought this would be my life. I knew what I wanted to do, but like, it was just, you get caught up in the emotion and, and football players or baseball players, you know, we'll talk about Derek Jeter's going into hall of fame. And he talks about Yankee stadium, that original Yankee stadium. Those are memories. Like I'm young, I'm in my prime. And it's just like, I can't ever get that back but I could always have those memories back. And wow. Dave, when it, when it comes to the arena, we knew that during that time we were in a, in a unique venue. It was a bingo hall, for Christ's sake. We knew yeah. we were in a unique venue, and we knew that there was something happening there. We knew that there were, we were creating a buzz in the business, but we didn't know that we were helping to create an iconic building. I mean, think of it. Madison Square Garden compared to the ECW arena. I mean, it's, it's, a re, it's almost ridiculous, yeah. you know, when you think about it, you know, about, you know, where, where you think of, you know, where wrestling, you know, was such a big deal. But it just goes to show you, you never know who can hit in this business, where you can hit this business, or the venue that can become special in this business. Yeah, and, and and just like in Dallas, what was it was the Sportatorium, right? It was a Sportatorium. Sportatorium wasn't wasn't anything special, right, Mark? It was a shithole. The yep. building was always falling apart, and if it rained, it leaked into the crowd. 
and think of the magic that happened there. Yeah. Bark, <laughs> we used to wrestle in a place called in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. Tommy, what was the name of the building? The Flagstaff. The Flagstaff. And it was this bar, dance club, nightclub on top of a mountain in, in Jim Thorpe. And the locker room, the roof was so shoddy that when there was bad weather, I remember bringing pieces of cardboard with me and packing the cardboard in with my wrestling gear so I would put the cardboard on the ground so I didn't have to change in a puddle of water or on the ice or on the snow because they never repaired the roof. That's crazy. And we also, do you remember, there was a hole in the floor, and if you stepped in the hole, when I tell you, you went off the mountain and died. Like we'd walk around a hole and when I, I'm, you have, we're on the top of a mountain. Long story short, that venue is no longer there because it slid down the mountain. <laughs> the whole oh, you're you're kidding. building fell oh, off the side of a mountain. Kidding. From something called erosion and me and Bully walking around. A lot of weight. <laughs> you so beat me to the one that, that joke. <laughs> But, you know, and Dave, and Dave, Dave, as an as an Uber fan, uh, Tommy, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, Dave, it's also all about like what Mark, Bully, and myself are talking about is memories. Like, you know, for you, I'm sure the Meadowlands is probably that venue. It's 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 the Meadowlands. I actually, it's it's funny. Not you know, when we're preparing for today's show, I found the collage I made a long, long time ago of moments. And matches that I went to at the Meadowlands because that arena was so special to me. And I also have a framed go ahead, Mark. You you made a you made a collage? I made a collage. <laughs> I know. I, I know. I'm, I'm a loser. I, you know what, Mark? I was going to let it go because normally I'm the one hammering him for shit like that. But I'm glad you're finally seeing what I see. Thank you. I was by, I was biting yeah. my lip as well, but uh, no, because you, they're, you I, made a collage. I made a collage of pictures <laughs> I collected. <laughs> I Not made to a show Violetta or his kids. <laughs> yeah, look what I made. David, would you like to come into bedroom? No, uh, no, honey, I'm working. gonna go look at my collage. I made a, leave me alone. I made a collage of pictures that I took throughout the years going to the Meadowlands. I have a picture of Ric Flair versus Harley Race. I have a, a, a picture of Sergeant Slaughter against Ric Flair. I have a picture of Hulk Hogan against Dr. D. David Schultz. And then I have a picture of my daughter doing the Yes chant with Daniel Bryan coming out to the ring. And then I have a picture of the arena itself because Great think about matches. it. Great like, moment. Exactly. I, I, I know. And but Mark, let him fucking mock me. I don't give a shit because wrestling is about moments. I'll tell you one, Mister Bully, that I have. Wait because- a minute. Wait a minute. Time out. I didn't make the original joke. Mark did. Okay. So take out your frustration on him, you candy ass. But Bully, you, I, I came to to a Ring of Honor show at the Hammerstein. And I brought my daughter with me. And you were nice enough to let us in uh, before the, the doors opened at the venue. And, you know, I felt uncomfortable. You know, I always feel uncomfortable in those positions because it's like I shouldn't be here. You know what I mean? So I was about to leave. And you stopped me and you said, go take a picture with your daughter at the, at the Sandman entrance. And I was like, 
Wow. Like, and I took that picture and it's and it's a picture of me and my daughter at the Sandman entrance at the Hammerstein Ballroom, and we're both holding up our arms like we're holding up the, the kendo stick. And I have that picture framed here in the studio where I, I do the show from every day. Because as as much as you motherfuckers mock me about my collage, like these pictures, these pictures and moments mean something to a wrestling fan, you son of a bitches. You you guys being in the ring and making these moments mean something to fans like us. Okay, That's I'm nice. sorry. I apologize. <laughs> That's nice. Thanks for I had a collage. Dave, I had a collage of Playboy around, magazine covers on my ass. wall. <laughs> Hey, guys, when, I, I'm going to apologize now, but when David's not around, we're going to talk about his ass. I think the last collage I did was with leaves for the fall for like a second grade project where I glued a bunch of I glued a bunch of leaves. I may have eaten some. It's my collage. I think, collage. I think I did my last collage in like the fifth grade. And it was like Black History Month, and I had like put Martin Luther King and you know Rosa Parks yeah. and historical yeah. figures. Yeah. But but you know fifth grade. Not not as a grown ass man, you didn't do a collage. <laughs> I did a collage. I did a collage. Yeah. Hey, Dave, I love like, you, Dave. I tell you <laughs> what, I love everybody like you because if it was no you, there would be no us. Yeah. Like, if there was no him, we would be the hosts of the show. Who you kidding, Mark? <laughs> if it, it was, it, hey, if it was no Dave and all the people like him, when we would go to the audience, it would be like COVID. There would be no fans. Like it would just, we'd just be out there with big dudes and tight clothes. <laughs> you know what? If it wasn't for me, you guys would be doing the show with Ryan McKinnell every day. So go screw you know yourselves. What? That's a yeah. great point. <laughs> That's a great point. Look at Mark's face right now. The light bulb just went off above Mark's head. Oh, my God. uh, Dave, I wanted to ask ask the guys, plus yourself, because, like I said, we don't appreciate these places uh, until they're gone. We also, like, you know, we just saw the chase, and that was a big draw uh, for that paper. I feel there's, and I want to be, you know, what you guys feel, there's only two venues now that people are going to look back and be like, wow, that's something special. Maybe three. One would be the Sears Center because of the pay-per-views that it started with AEW. Daly's Place will become special in the annals of history. And um, that's all the two that I can think of newer venues. Um, you guys got any? Hmm. That's yeah. a good one because we're I think, literally in history question. right now. Yeah. And I, and I think there's a, I think we have to look at it in the eyes of like a new generation of fans. Does, does somebody who's at the age of 24 really understand the mystique of Madison square garden? Probably not because in their lifetime, there hasn't been those classic moments and matches at Madison square garden. It's not even really the flagship arena of the WWE anymore. Um, I, I, I don't know. Bully, can you come up with I, any? I, I can't think of a newer one, but I, 
I think we forgot to mention one. I know me and Tommy forgot to mention one of these arenas. And Mark, I'm not sure if you ever performed here, so forgive me if I'm getting it wrong. But Dave, do you know what the Madison Square Garden of Japan is? Um, so would it be the Tokyo Dome? What venue would it be? Corrigan no. Hall. Corrigan Hall. Cor- yep. Corrigan Hall. Mark, you've performed there or not? I have. Okay. So Corrigan Hall only holds about 2,500 people, but it is the be-all and end-all of places to perform in Japan. Every company performs in Corrigan Hall, and it's a big deal. I I mean, me and Tommy have, you know, wrestled each other in Corrigan Hall. Um, The first time I ever went to Japan, I main-evented in Corrigan Hall, and I had no business being in the main event at Corrigan Hall. I had no business being in the main event anywhere at that time in my career, but something happened, card subject to change, and I wrestled Tarzan Goto. So that was a crazy uh, uh, moment for me. But yeah, Corrigan Hall is another place, uh, another great venue um, out there for wrestling fans to go see the matches. You know one that... In the basement, in the basement of that place... Is yeah. where the sumo wrestlers train. Like, you know, big 400, 500 pound guys working out. They had these big poles, like wooden, like trees from the ceiling to the floor mm. that they put in. And they're smooth like glass. This wood from years of open hand strikes to the wood. It's, it's like your computer screen smooth. And it's wood. Wow. No shit. And also everybody's signing the walls. 100 years of guys writing their names on the walls and around the poles. it's, It's historically, I'm so glad Bully reminded us. Like, that place is a historical landmark. Mark, I I remember the, Tommy, hold on one second. Mark, I remember the polls in Sumo Palace. I don't remember the polls in the basement of Corrigan Hall. You saw them there also? Yes, they have a, they have a, 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 a workout room for the Sumos down there. Oh, okay. Tommy? When I went back to WWE with Bully, we worked at the Forum. And WWE hadn't performed there forever because they always went to the Staples Center. And when you walk in, they have pictures of uh, of written of every band that main evented the entire years. And I was seriously like this, reading this, like, oh, my God, it went back so, so long. It's not there anymore. It's gone. It's a church. Dave. And there's so many. Dude, the Dayton Arena, the Hara Arena, gone from a tornado. There's so many great venues that are no longer there. That's why we always say appreciate them. I could, I could put together a list, because I told you I did, of just like venues that are unreal wrestling arenas that like uh, the whatchamacallit, the Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, that literally main evented, sold out that place every Monday night. The Louisville Gardens, Louisville the Nashville Garden. Fairgrounds, all these places are, aren't are there. The Fort Hessler Armory in Tampa. Like how many NWA title changes have the Toronto Maple Leafs Gardens? Like uh, it, it goes on wow. and on for historic what, Billy, what was the name history. of, was it the Spectrum? Yeah, the Philadelphia Spectrum. Yeah. 
Like, man, I wrestled in the spectrum before when I was young, when I first yeah. got in. Yep. Like, it's, it, those places are not there no more. Like, it's, it's crazy. Well, Dave, one venue that – oh, go ahead, Bully. Dave, Tommy just mentioned the forum. I, I just just shook my memory a little bit. I was actually having a conversation last week with somebody about the forum because it is mark out city for rock and roll fans. Like, Tommy just told you he marked out for it. I was going nuts. Greatest dressing rooms I've ever been in in my life because they look like what rock and roll dressing rooms used to look like back in the day. Like they look, the, the dressing rooms look like tour buses with the couches and the rugs and the nice tables and the, the, the platinum albums on the walls and the, awesome. the, the books with the history and the photos. And you know, like you're in rock and roll heaven. Like there's a plaque that says, you know, Ozzy got changed right here or Black Sabbath used this room. And then in the forum, there were secret rooms where the bands used to, party or take groupies so you'd have to go into one room know a place on the wall to touch or pull a bottle forward and then another secret room would open up so as a as a wrestler to be able to you know use the same dressing rooms as priest Sabbath, yeah. Metallica, exactly. It was don't put your hand right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now you that's all gone, right? That's all gone. Like, what do they do with the? Like, Tommy's just talking about the walls with the signatures and all the listing of the bands. Like, that, that's history right there. It's a shame that that's gone now. I'm sure it's not gone. I'm sure it's in somebody's house. I'm sure the paraphernalia gets sold at auction. Or something else. And you want to talk about getting tested these days? After you performed at the forum, you needed to get tested. <laughs> I was laughing because I remember walking in. They had these brown leather couches, and he was laying all over it, like <laughs> absorbing it. And he was like, could you just imagine how many people partied in here? And I was like, dude, you might just get pregnant laying there. <laughs> you know one venue that doesn't get talked about enough and it's still around. It still looks basically the same. And there's a lot of pro wrestling history is, you know, the Superdome in New Orleans. Like, they're, you know, going back to the Mid-South days all the way up to, the you know, this past decade, a couple of WrestleManias. There's been a, amazing memories in that venue. And it, outside basically looks the same. Yeah. The, the St. Paul Civic Center. You yeah. know, there, there's so many that. But they're not used really that much for wrestling. The Cow Palace in, in San Francisco. They're, Ed Mark, I mean, how crazy is this? We got we got to stand on the stage of the Superdome when they announced us as inductees of the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. Like if you wouldn't have said that, I would have totally forgot. Like think about like think about that. You know, one of the greatest WrestleMania moments at WrestleMania Thirty. I mean, uh, Brock Lesnar beat the undefeated Undertaker WrestleMania streak. Uh, in that venue, so there are so. Why do you got to bring that up? <laughs> Why do you got to bring that up? Still, it's a sore subject. Sore subject. It happens. Sore subject. I'm sorry. It's, still, it's sore, um, but it happened. Uh, <laughs> I, I loved it. <laughs> that's, that's what I say, uh, Mark. It's sore, but it happened. Uh, or you know, if you're talking about my ex-wife, it left a sore. Hey, uh, Tommy, I just la- I just laminated my my Brendan Bernarina. Uh, <laughs> collage it's laminated now so there you go look forward to seeing that on friday (laughs) guys i think this has been great the hallowed halls of pro wrestling 
For Mark Henry, for Bully Ray, for Tommy Dreamer, I'm Dave LaGreca. Make sure you listen to Busted Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time. You listen to Busted Open Live on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Also, myself and Bully, Mark Henry as well. We are going to be at the ECW Arena. You want to talk about history? We're going to make history that night. We're going to take a picture with the Busted Open Nation Saturday, this Saturday, the 18th of September. Make sure you're there. And we'll see you at the Icons of Wrestling from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Also, Bully and I will be at battleground championship wrestling go to battlegroundcw.com for all the information guys thank you so much awesome episode of busted open the master's class thanks for listening catch us monday through saturday on busted open from 9 a.m to noon eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 the busted open podcast busted open is part of the sirius xm podcast network The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation program director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night, no matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. 